Welcome to Recovering My Inner Child. My name is Kowan Saluja. Our first reading comes from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go, and the topic is accepting love. Many of us have worked too hard to make relationships work. Sometimes those relationships didn't have a chance because the other person was unavailable or refused to participate. You know, one of the things that I've learned slowly during recovery is why it does, in fact, make sense. You know, I'd always say, oh, you know, if if a girl likes me, uh, then I don't like her. And then if she doesn't like me, then I like her. And, you know, a lot of this comes back. And I don't want to get stuck in this anymore. But it comes back to, um, you know, chasing the approval of emotionally unavailable people. And, you know, rejecting the approval of emotionally available people that really care uh, for me. And, uh You know, I'm just, um, this will be a journey um, that will take some time. But at least I feel that sometimes when I read passages like this, I'm in the right place. You know, medication is not going to make me suddenly uh, not worry about people who are emotionally unavailable. And the other thing is just to change my language. Uh, Instead of emotionally unavailable, I would probably say something like neutral. Back to the reading. To compensate for the other person's unavailability, we work too hard. Compulsive need to prove. We may have done all or most of the work. This may mask the situation for a while, but we usually get tired. Then we stop doing all the work. We notice there is no relationship or we're so tired, we don't care. Doing all the work in a relationship is not loving, giving, or caring. That is really such a important lesson, doing all the work. It is self-defeating and relationship-defeating. It creates the illusion of a relationship when in fact there may be no relationship. It enables the other person to be irresponsible for his or her share. Because that does not meet our needs, we ultimately feel victimized. Yeah, I have a lot to learn with regards to relationships. And uh, Scott Peck's book comes up again and again and again, The Road Less Traveled. It's probably a book that I want to read and read out loud. Back to the reading. In our best relationships, we all have temporary periods where one participates more than the other. This is normal, but as a permanent way of participating in relationships, it leaves us feeling tired, worn out, needy, and angry. We can learn to participate a reasonable amount and then let the relationship find its own life. Are we doing all the calling? Are we doing all the initiating? Are we doing all the giving? Are we the one talking about feelings and striving for intimacy? Are we doing all the waiting, the hoping, and the work? We can let go. If the relationship is meant to be, it will be. And it will become what it is meant to be. We do not help that process by trying to control it. We do not help the other person, the relationship, or ourselves by trying to force it or by doing all the work. Let it be. Wait and see. Stop worrying about making it happen. See what happens and strive to understand if that is what you want. Today, I will stop doing all the work in my relationships. I will give myself and the other person the gift of requiring both people to participate. I will accept the natural level my relationships reach when I do my share and allow the other person to choose what his or her share will be. I can trust my relationships to reach their own level I do not have to do all the work. I need only do my share. Wow. Um, 
And the next reading from Melody Beatty's The Language of Letting Go is, wait for it, relationships. There is a gift for each for us in each relationship that comes our way. I love that. There's a gift for us in each relationship. I think the spiritual life is the fact that there's no mistakes. There's just lessons to be learned, amends to be made, and, you know, growing spiritually and aiming for progress, not perfection. Wow, that was a lot of cliches, but, you know, I, you know, they are true for a reason, and I am being as sincere as I possibly can be. Uh, Sometimes the gift is a behavior we're learning to acquire. Detachment, self-esteem, becoming confident enough to set a boundary, or owning our power in another way. Some relationships trigger healing in us, healing from issues of the past or an issue we're facing today. Sometimes we find ourselves learning the most important lessons from people we least expect to help us. Relationships may teach us about loving ourselves or someone else, or maybe we'll learn to let others love us. Sometimes we aren't certain what lesson we're learning especially while we're in the midst of the process. But we can trust that lesson and the gift are there. We don't have to control this process. We'll understand when it's time. We can also trust that gift is precisely what we need. I love that. We can trust this gift is precisely what we need. Today, I'll be grateful for all my relationships. I will open myself to the lesson and the gift from each person in my life. I will trust that I too am a gift in other people's lives. And now we move on to ACA Strengthening My Recovery, and the topic is emotional sobriety. The pathway to emotional sobriety that endures time is through the 12 steps of ACA. The ACA program, if worked consistently and honestly, gives us a new route to emotional sobriety. We were unable to find this growing up with the dysfunctional people in our household. As adults, most of us continue to seek advice from dysfunctional people. Whether it was someone we had a close personal relationship with or work with, we were inevitably disappointed that the messages we heard or thought we heard were untrue. They seemed only to serve the best interests of others. This left us with a profound sense of betrayal and an increasing sense of mistrust, guessing at what normal was. Yeah, I've done that so much in realizing, you know, even in that process, knowing that there was no normal, but somehow guessing in that chase that became you know, that became the game. And the game really has to be, the new game is, you know, looking inside and really listening to me. Like, for example, one of the two greatest, uh, you know, gifts I think in recovery for me is like, I had no idea I liked museums and electronics so much. These were things that I would pretend I didn't really like. You know, and conversely, there's things that, you know, are very positive things in my life that I really have to question if that's really how I want to continue to live my life. And I, I, I see, you know, and I'm on, on the verge of my first vacation for this year, and I'm seeing just the importance of, you know, vision. So I'm praying to God to get that vision and then to carry that out. Back to the reading. Stepping away from this mess, we encounter a program that asks us to recognize the truth within us. Wow, that was exactly what I was saying. With the help of our sponsor, we can tap into a new way of thinking. We can establish reasonable boundaries with dysfunctional family members. I like that, reasonable boundaries. It's a good affirmation. I can establish reasonable boundaries with dysfunctional family members. We get to say no to situations that are not good for us. When our internal alarms go off, we do not react. We call a fellow traveler instead to get centered and act in a healthy manner. 
Life moves us from a state of dis-ease to a state of ease as our program works in us. We're now able to easily solve situations that used to baffle us. Now, that is something I would have missed a long time ago. We are now able to easily solve situations that used to baffle us. On this day, if I start to get off track, I will pick up the phone instead of giving in to the dysfunction. I choose emotional sobriety. Wow. These are some powerful readings. The final reading is mistakes. Wow. From also ACA Strengthening My Recovery. Most of us agonize over mistakes because we internalize the error. When we were kids, making a mistake meant being verbally and often physically abused. Our mistakes provoked over-the-top reactions from the adults around us who did not have the tools to understand that we were just doing what kids and people in general do, which is make mistakes. Sorry for yelling, but that just was something that parents and grandparents don't understand. And bullies, for that matter. But instead, we heard shaming comments like, what's the matter with you? Are you stupid? Are you an idiot? Or you should have known better. That was, a, that was a classic. Like, look at what you did. And on top of that, many of us were spanked, slapped, or beaten as well. It seemed like the end of the world when this happened. The mistake could never be undone. And that's the interesting thing. Any mistake, 95% of the mistakes that I've made probably in the last 10 years can be undone. You know, this isn't like childhood. But wow, did those wounds run deep. Back to the reading. Part of the result was that the more it happened, the better we got at shaming ourselves. We no longer needed to hear it from someone else because those messages had become internalized. You know, I'm going through that now. Just, you know, just the act of like, which city should I go to? And it's like, you know, if I make a mistake, I make a mistake. But, you know, it's not a big deal if I pick, you know, I'm trying to decide between San Diego and New York and really just working myself up to a frenzy and you know, I'm just really grateful for this stuff because it really gets to the core, you know? And, you know, addressing these issues on the surface are, they give you an illusion of progress. Anyways, back to the reading. Part of, uh, it seemed like the end of the world when, the ha- when this happened, the mistake could never be undone. Part of the result was that the more it happened, the better we got at shaming ourselves. We no longer needed to hear it from someone else because those messages had become internalized. We carried this self-shaming behavior into our adult lives, and many of us became merciless in the way we treated ourselves. In ACA, we learned to gradually reprogram those inner critical parent messages and understand that making mistakes is part of being human. We all do it. When we make a mistake, we talk about it. Examine the nature of what we did, forgive ourselves, make amends when appropriate, and move on. We begin to think and act like true adults. On this day, I understand that when I make a mistake, I don't have to perpetuate my childhood abuse by beating myself up. I will call someone and process what happened, then move on. And that concludes today's readings for for Recovering My Inner Child. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja reminding myself to pause because that's where God is, to not multitask, (laughs) doing one thing at a time, to love myself, and to really feel my feelings. This is something that I'm really starting to understand, that my feelings are not meant, will not kill me. They're just meant as guides. And from there, I can go in the proper direction. Until next time, this is Kawan Saluja.